Would you go please to Matthew the 16th chapter. On Sundays. We've been on this topic of. um, The keys. Of the kingdom. And I want us to look a little further in this. If you haven't been with us, we've covered a lot of ground for a number of weeks now. The previous messages are available online at no charge. Go on there and go back and see the previous ones. Get caught up with us. It'll it'll be worth your time. We've been seeing what Jesus said in Matthew 16 that he repeated in chapter 18. In... uh, In 16 and 13, Jesus had asked the disciples, he said, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Well, some say that you are John the Baptist, some Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said, But whom say you that I am? Peter answered and said, You're the Christ the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. And I say also to you that you are Peter. That's the word for rock or stone, a smaller piece of rock. And upon this rock, which is another word, the rock like the side of a mountain, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The keys of the kingdom of heaven... And he specifically refers to binding and loosing. Look over to the 18th chapter, just a page or so in the scriptures. 18, 18, 18 of Matthew. He said, Verily I say to you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So who's going to be binding and loosing? Well, he was talking to the 12 and to the 70 and and to us, all believers. Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loosed. Let me read some other translations of this. The New Living says, verse, uh, this is Matthew 16, I guess 19, says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Listen to today's English version, TEV. Today's English says, what you prohibit on earth will be prohibited in heaven. What you permit again on earth will be permitted in heaven. I want to talk about that aspect of it. What you permit will be permitted. Say it out loud. What you permit permit will be permitted. permitted. 
Now, the New Century Version says it like this. The New Century says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The things you don't allow on earth will be the things that God does not allow. The things you allow on earth will be the things that God allows. So instead of saying permit, he's saying allow. What you prohibit, what you permit. What you bind, what you loose. What you forbid, what you allow. I want you to exhort somebody. Look at somebody to the left or right or front behind and and help them out and say, what you allow allow. will be allowed. allowed. Could this be an answer to what people question much of the time? Why does God allow this? Why does God allow that? Could this be an answer to some things? People say, well, you know, there must be some reason why God allowed it. How about the reason is you allowed it? So he allowed what you allowed. See, folks don't like that answer because that makes some responsibility here. But it happens to be, thus saith the Lord. Right? Happens to be Jesus' red letter words. We should put a lot of stock in this. Look at the person on the other side. (laughs) Say, uh, what you permit will be permitted. Is that true or not? What you allow, what you permit, what you loose will be permitted, will be allowed. We've been talking about the other side of that, about binding things that need to be bound. But let's talk about this side a little bit. Whatever you loose, whatever you allow, whatever you permit will be permitted. That's why the scripture says in Ephesians, go there if you would, Ephesians 4, 27. We looked at this a while back in a different series, but Ephesians 4, 27 simply says this, neither give place to the devil. Well, who's the understood subject here? You are to neither give place to the devil. This is not God making the enemy do something. This is you and me. You are not to give place. The Amplified says it like this. Leave no room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Wouldn't that be same as saying don't permit it. Don't allow it. Do you think through ignorance or spiritual laziness or a number of things, people are allowing things that they shouldn't be allowing, permitting things? Perhaps you and I have permitted some things, allowed some things that we should have, could have put a stop to. We could have bound it and said no. 
I'm not going to permit you to do that. I'm not going to allow you to do that. But one of the big issues is most church-going people don't talk like that. They don't think like that. They're just taught to beg. Beg God to do something about it. Beg God to to make the devil quit. Beg God to, to, to not allow this or not permit this. But then ignore the scriptures where he tells us, you resist the devil. Am I quoting it right? Maybe somebody didn't know. Go to James, okay. Some folks looking at me like, what, where'd you get that? The Bible, it's a great book. You should check it out. <laughs> really is a good read. Uh, James 4 and 7. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Who's going to do that? God will make you do that. He will not. What if you want to rebel against God? He will let you. What if you want to ignore him? All the days of your life, he will let you. If you want to completely ignore his plan and, and do every, the opposite of everything he wants you to do, will he make you do right anyway? He will not. If you don't submit yourself to God, you won't be submitted to God. Didn't the Lord say in Revelation, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's the creator. Could he blow through the door? Could he cause the door to float off its hinges? Or just go through the door? Then why is the creator outside knocking? Because he's not like the enemy. The enemy is a coercer. A manipulator, a forcer, not God, not God. You have to invite him in. You have to open the door. Apparently the handle's on the inside. You got to open the door and invite him in. And if you don't, he won't be in there with you. And instead of people saying, they're acting like everything that's happening inside the life of the person inside the house, so to speak. Somehow God's controlling. But the truth is, God's not even in there. He's outside. They had not let him in. That's why it's such a mess. They are without hope and without God in the world, like Ephesians said. You submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. Again, the same person, you. You resist the devil. And he'll flee from God. No. This is not God making the devil stop. Are there times we need to say no. And resist. And forbid. And not allow. Are there, are there times. That we need. And friend it's, it's just a regular occurrence. This is not something that happens once every five years. The enemy is going about seeking whom he may devour. He, he's trying to do this all the time. And on a regular basis, you and I need to recognize this is not right. This is not of God. This is of the enemy. And do what? Resist it. Bind it. Disallow. Don't permit. Shut it down. Bind it. Shut it down. Don't 
allow it. Don't permit it. Go with me, if you would, to uh, 2 Timothy, 2nd chapter, and look at one of the big things we're not to allow. This ties into a number of things. 2 Timothy, the first chapter, 2 Timothy 1 and 5, he said, uh, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that's in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, some pronounce it Eunice, I'm persuaded that in you also. Wherefore I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. The scripture tells us we're to acknowledge every good thing that's in us in Christ Jesus But do you have to stir yourself up sometimes? Can you be lax? Can you be slothful? Oh yeah, that's one of the big characteristics of the flesh. Oh, the flesh will be so lazy if you let it. Your flesh would have just laid in the bed and not come to church this morning. Don't look so sanctified. You, your, your flesh will just put things off until the day after never. Your, your flesh will just make excuses and, like I said, procrastinate. And Everybody's flesh is the same. You got to put your body under. And you've got to stir up. Somebody say stir up, stir up. You've got to stir up what's in you and, and what you know and what you've heard of the word and what you know the, the authority that you have. And, and you know the, the anointing is in you and, and on you. And you, don't, you don't wait till you feel like it. When you need to get in action, you stir yourself up. I said, you stir yourself up and you start binding, you start rebuking, you start disallowing. If it's something that should not be there, should not be functioning there, you don't have authority in everybody's life, but you do have authority in your life. You don't have authority everywhere in every place, but you do have authority at your place and your things. And uh, he said... Stir up the gift of God, verse 7, verse 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's all say that out loud together. For God God has not given me me the spirit of fear, fear, but God has given me. Power, Power, love, love, and a sound mind. mind. Now notice what he's saying. One that God has not given us. And one that God has given us. In Romans 8, you'll see another witness of the same thing here. Romans 8, 14. Romans 8, 14 says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. 
For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Notice the very next thing he gets into, the spirit itself or himself bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. Why would you go to talking about join heirs in the same breath almost of talking about we're not given the spirit of fear, but the spirit of adoption? Well, as a join heir, part of our inheritance is this authority, authority in the name. And we do not have to tolerate nor receive the spirit of fear that puts you in bondage. Now, most people, church going people, hear that and go, amen. And yet, fear is all over the place. There is too much fear in the church. Now, at the beginning of this, what is called the pandemic, at the beginning of this, I don't know if you remember or not, if you're with us, the Lord gave us a word. He gave, he gave a word through me. At the very beginning of it, two things. He told us to not be afraid, to not, not fear, and he told us to not be foolish. And anytime the Lord says something, if it's really him that says it, you want to remind yourself of that on a regular basis. Everybody say it out loud. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be foolish. Now the foolish part can get into tempting God, trying to show other people you have faith, trying to show other people, I don't have to do this, I don't need that, recklessly expose yourself, trying to prove or show something, that's being foolish, and you can die like that. that. That's one ditch. What's the other ditch? Fear. And this is why this is the, the root and the cause of so much of the problems that are going on right now. There are really only two ways to live by faith and by fear. There's really only two ways to live. Two ways to live. The just shall what? Live by faith. And in fact, go over to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and let's just read, instead of me quoting it, let's, let's read it out loud. The just live how? Which is not by fear. The Lord did not give us the spirit of fear. So we are not to receive it. Or we are not to allow it. We are not to permit it. In our thinking, on our person, in our house, in our dealings. Everybody said out loud, no fear, no fear. Here. here. If it's there, why is it there? How is it there? Somebody's allowing it. Somebody's permitting it to be there. And it's not, it's not, the thing to do is not to beg God to make the fear go away. What do you do? If it's not from God, who's it from? What are we told to do with the devil? Resist. Who, who's going to resist it? You resist it. 
Back many years ago when I was a boy and just beginning barely to learn about the things of God. This is before Phyllis and I were married. This is before I knew anything about the Copelands or Hagens or Faith Message or any of that. I was a boy. My only experience in church was very traditional. And uh, something had bothered me and was scaring me. And I, I did believe in God. I had been born again. I was born again when I was uh, 13. And I, I must have been a year or two older than that. And so I was uh, bothered by something. And, and I didn't realize what was going on at the time. But the Spirit of God brought to my remembrance the 23rd Psalm. Now I didn't know the one I just read to you. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. <laughs> I didn't know any of these things. But I had been to Sunday school, and they had taught us about the 23rd Psalm. And man, the Holy Spirit knows how to help you. Anybody remember the 23rd Psalm? Put it on the screen for us, please. Psalm 23, very short, just a very few verses. But what does it say? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. See, this is not just a, a poetry. This is not just a song. Notice how it's worded. This is a confession. Yes. Can you see that? Yes. This is an affirmation of faith. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Keep going. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now, uh, if you've ever seen livestock in the middle of the day, Laying down in the pasture, it's because their bellies are full. Elsewise, they're up, grazing. But this is a picture of a blessed sheep. Got so much grass. Your belly's so full. You had to pause and take a nap. And the luscious grass is still waving up over your head while you sleep in green pastures. He leads me. Beside the still waters. He doesn't lead me to the dry barren place. He leads me to refreshment. Hallelujah. Full provision and refreshment. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And this is the part that the Lord brought back to me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Oh, there's a lot here. There's a lot here. I, just as a, as a young man, basically still a boy, being troubled about something, I didn't know what to do, I asked the Lord for help, and immediately he brought this to me. And for some reason, I'd never been taught about confession. Just the Holy Spirit prompted me. I just felt like I should say that. So I did. I was by myself and I said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And when I said that, something kind of moved inside me. And I thought, I'm going to say that again. I will fear no evil. Then I liked it even better. I said, I'm going to say that again. I will fear no evil. 
I will fear no evil. Now, what am I doing? I, I had never been taught about it. I didn't know what I was doing. But actually, I was resisting fear. Oh, come on. Can you see this? I'm resisting it. Instead of just yielding to it and panicking, and instead of just begging and pleading for God, I asked for help, and he helped me instantly. But the way he helped me was, was to show me what to put in my mouth. To show me and help me, even though I didn't realize what I was doing, to resist fear. What am I saying? Another way I'm saying is, fear, I resist you. Another way of saying it, I refuse to fear. I will not fear. Isn't that the same thing as it? I, w- I will fear no evil. That's King James. Another way of saying it is, I won't fear. I won't fear. I don't fear. I refuse to fear. Now this is what needs to come out of your and my mouth anytime fear comes. Don't just take it. Don't just let it come and sit on you and play on your thoughts. Don't allow it. Don't permit it. Well, how do I, what do I do? What do I do? You resist it. And it's got nothing to do with how you feel. It's an act of faith. I mean, it's not based on, you may feel terrified. You, you may have, you know, goosebumps all over and your, your knees bumping together. That means it's time to get your mouth in gear. Right. And to say, fear, I resist you. Amen. I refuse to fear. Amen. This is how you win battles. This is how you overcome. Yeah, but they said, I've been infected with this or that. Come on, help me out. What do you say? I refuse to fear. Fear leave me. Fear go. You, you must not let the fear sit on you. And just work on you. Yeah, but they said this is going to happen. And they said we're going to be laid off down at the at the job. And, and then they said this is going away and that's going. Yeah well God's not going away. God's not going away. He'll be there. Yeah but it's the best job I ever had. Yeah but now you're about to get the better job than that. <laughs> Come on what can God do? Now you're about to get something even better. If. 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 You won't yield to fear. Fear will destroy you. Fear opens the door to the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. Fear is the opposite of faith. Being full of fear is having no faith in God. And having no faith in God is keeping the door closed to Him. It's not inviting Him in. It's not, you know, asking Him. See, loosing and binding. We want to forbid some things and allow some other things. Amen. Right? Yes. Say it out loud. God has not given me the spirit of fear. So I refuse to have it. I refuse to have it. Hallelujah. In, uh, in Hebrews 2 and 14, you can notice that with me. Hebrews 2, 14, he said, For as much then as children, the children are partakers of flesh and blood. He, Jesus, himself took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him 
that had the power of death, that is the devil. And this word destroy, if you look in 1 John 3, 8, not now, but it talks about that for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. It's the same word loose or undo. The Lord came to undo what the devil did. And here is that, talking about that, to undo what the one that had the power of death was doing and did. That is the devil. Look at the next verse. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. People get used to it. They make accommodation for it. But if you're not saved and you don't know God and you're not ready to die right this moment, you live in dread of death. You may hide it well. You may go seasons without thinking about it so much. But all the phobias are connected to this. People say, well, they have a fear of spiders. Not really. They have a fear of getting bit by a spider and dying. They got a fear of flying. Not exactly. They got a fear of crashing and dying. (laughs) Come on, can you see that? (laughs) You take away the death component and you get rid of the fear. Come on, can you see that? And the fear of death is the fear of irrecoverable loss. Losing something you cannot get back. And that's, you know, if you believe that death is curtains, lights out, the end, you're not a a Christian. You're not a believer. And so you can't be free from that nagging dread and fear. And so when anything comes around that is a threat, you're going to panic some degree, some form of it, and you won't be able to help it. You may put on a good show. You may keep a stiff upper lip, so to speak, and, uh, but, but inside, it's chewing on you, and it's gnawing on the back of your mind, and it's always there, and you are not free. But you can be free in Christ. You can be free. Hallelujah. I said you can be. You can be. He has made us free. And we can walk in this freedom. If you walk in faith. Which means not walking by sight. Not walking by fear. It is a choice. Go to uh, John please. The 14th chapter. If we allow it. It will be allowed. If we permit it. It will be permitted. But if we don't allow it, if we bind it and shut it down, if we resist it, it has to leave. And so just as a boy, the Lord helped me with that immediately. I just begin to stand there by myself and say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. And I mean, in just a few minutes time, that fear left me. I didn't know what had happened, but I liked it. 
And I, and I sensed the presence of the Lord and the peace of the Lord. And I thought, I'm going to say this again. I'm going to do this again. And I'd never heard about making confessions and our authority in Christ. But every word of God is full of power. Amen. Every verse, Amen. every word. And the Lord will quicken to you what you need when you need it. And you don't have to know much to overcome the enemy. Don't you know that's frustrating for him? I mean, at that point, I was like, you know, pre-kindergarten, spiritual. And I won a battle against the enemy. Don't you know it's got to be frustrating for the enemy? He's been around for millennia, and he can't deal with a 13-year-old? He can't beat a 13-year-old that knows two scriptures? That's because the one inside us is the greater one, the bigger one, by far. Hallelujah. Woo. But, 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 I had to listen. If I'd have ignored that, if I'd ignored the 23rd Psalm being brought to my remembrance, and I'd have got religious or whatever and just pushed it aside and not said it, I would not have experienced the deliverance from fear. I would not experience the peace of God and presence of God. And it wouldn't have been God's fault. It's because I didn't listen. You have to respond. You have to. Did you notice that verse we read in James 4, 7? It didn't start out with resist the devil. It started with submit yourself. Come on, did you see that? Submit yourself to God. Then it said resist the devil. And he'll flee from you. And can you see, just without even knowing what I was doing, the Lord brought that thought to me, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to do that. I submitted. Come on, can you see that? I submitted to that prompting to remember and to say out loud that 23rd Psalm, and then to say it again, and say it again, and without even realizing what I was doing, I, I was resisting the enemy. And fear had to leave me. Had to leave me. Whew. Thank you, Lord. John 14, are you there? 14.1. Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. Yeah, but what if you can't help it? What if things are like really bad? And you just can't help it. Jesus said what? Let not. Now this sounds like don't allow it. Yes. Same idea, right? Uh-huh. Don't, don't let it. Don't permit it. Don't allow. Who's the understood subject here? You. you. Now the reason I say that because there are a lot of people who will look at you in their distress and say, I, I can't help it. I can't get this off my mind and I can't, you know, if you're in the shape I'm in, you'd, you'd be upset too. We're not talking about feelings, child of God. We're talking about doing what the Lord said. Would he know if you could do this or not? Then if he told you to do it, even if you couldn't do it before he told you to do it, when he told you to do it, he empowered you to do it. His words, his commands are empowerment. Aren't they? So when he says, don't let your heart be troubled, in that command is the power To do it. Don't let. You are not to let your heart be troubled. 
you believe in God, believe also in me. Well, what if your heart is troubled? There you go. Give that lady a star. (laughs) What if your heart is troubled? You are vexed. You're scared. You're upset. And you're a child of God. Got the Holy Spirit in you. Got the authority in the name of Jesus. But you're a mess. Why? You or me are allowing it. You're allowing it. Help your neighbor again. Look at him and say, whatever you allow allow, will be allowed. allowed. Whatever you permit will be permitted. Right? Don't, we could say it like that, don't permit your heart to be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. So what if you're, you got all these feelings come? Now that doesn't mean, because the enemy, he's, he's crafty this way. He'll bring a bunch of feelings to you and a bunch of thoughts. And if you start to yield to it, you'll go, uh, uh. And then you remember that, that I said to you uh, Sunday that the Bible said, don't do that. And you'll go, oh, right, right, right. And the devil say, too late, too late. You're already scared. <laughs> too late. You're already scared. And that's when you say, shut up. Shut up. I don't walk by sight. I don't walk by how I feel or or how I look. I I obey what he said, no matter how I look or how I feel. And I'm saying, fear, get out of here. I resist you. Leave me. Heart, don't be troubled. Now, 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 notice he said, believe God. That's, that's what you're going to do instead of worry. You're going to trust God. You're going to believe God. You're going to praise God. You're going to think on what he said. You're going to do that instead of be afraid. Look at the end of the, the, the chapter here. Near the end, verse 27, closer to the end. He said it again, lest, lest you didn't get it the first time. He said, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I to you. You can't find this in a bottle or in a pill or in a possession. You can't find it anywhere else. This peace that passes understanding. This peace that's beyond description. And what did he, what did he go on to say? Said it again. Let not... Your heart be troubled. So if it's troubled, it's because I'm letting it. If it's troubled, I let it get that way. And oh man, you can get in a mess. You can think on the wrong thing and feed on the wrong thing for three years in a row. And you can be so tied up in knots and ulcers and migraines and you can be in such a mess that you hardly you're so distracted and you can't sleep and that alone will cause you a problem if you can, if you don't sleep and people will say well I don't know why the Lord's putting me through with this would you we want to get a bar of soap and wash your mouth up the Lord 
putting you through something. He told you what to do. He told me what to do. (laughs) If my heart is troubled and tied up in knots and my head with it, who let it get that way? Come on, help me out. Who? Whose head is it? Whose heart is it? Then who let it get that way? You did. I did. We did. And the good news is, I don't have to let it get that way. The Lord told me and told you, don't let it. Somebody say, don't let it. Don't, don't, Don't allow it. Don't permit it. Don't let it. Don't let. Now, this is not Brother Keith waving his arms, uh, saying something. Jesus, come on, do you see this? Jesus, the head of the church, said, and I'm telling you, heaven and earth will pass away, but these words will never pass away. He said, I take this seriously. He said, don't let your heart be troubled, and don't let your heart be afraid. Don't let it be afraid, which means I don't have to let it be afraid. When the symptoms come, thoughts of fear and feelings of fear come, which they will. You live in a, in a dark world. They'll come and the feelings are real and the thoughts are real and the symptoms can be real and we're not saying they're not real. But what did the Lord say? The moment you sense apprehension, dread, fear, panic. To you, this is contraband. I can't have this. In fact, you and I were not designed to even handle this. This will break you down. I'm not designed. This is, to me, this is spiritual contraband. I am commanded not to handle it, not to have it. Immediately, I'm to go into resisting mode. And disallowing and not permitting and forbidding. And the best thing to do is to open your mouth right up. Just like the Lord led me on that 23rd Psalm. Open your mouth up and start saying it. What you know is not right, you resist it. And you say it out loud. Now, I wish I could tell you, you could do it one time. And praise God, you're good for the rest of your life. But the enemy will try to come back. He'll try to come back. And if he tries to come back three times, what do you do? You resist it three times. If he comes back a hundred and three times, what do you do? You resist it a hundred and three times. But you don't give it any place. You don't allow it. You don't permit it to just sit on you and do that. This is spiritual warfare. This is, and this is one of the most challenging things we do. Because it's not just one and done. Right? And and the enemy is always trying. He's so sneaky. He's so crafty. He'll try to slip it in on you another way. (laughs) And and he'll go, oh, well, this is not fear. We're just concerned. This this is not. (laughs) This is not. You see what I'm talking about? (laughs) You can learn the sense of it. The, the, the feel, if you will, of it. Go to 1 John, if you would, and I'm closing, I think. 1 John and the fourth chapter. Oh, praise God. Bless the Lord. 
It's good to be free. Good to be free. Get free and stay free. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But what, uh, what we must see is it's not all up to God. We have a part to play in this. And we need to do what he told us to do. In 1 John 4, 1 John 4 and 16, he said, We have known and believed the love that God has to us. That's, that's a big thing. Just because you heard about the love of God doesn't mean you believed it. And to many people, it sounds too good to be true. But say it out loud, I believe, I believe the love God has for me. <laughs> he goes on to say, God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Oh, come on. Look at this phrase, boldness. Now this is the absence of fear. This is boldness in the day of judgment. This is Astounding. This is amazing that in that day, you and I won't be afraid. Why? We're saved. When the stars, the mountains slide off into the sea and the earth is moved and the heavens wrap up like a garment and the throne is seen and the books are open. If it was ever time for a mortal to tremble. <laughs> uh-huh. And yet, inside of us will be a boldness. A holy boldness. A freedom from fear. An absence of fear. Knowing I'm in him, and he's in me. And as he is, so am I. Hallelujah. And we've already been talking about this for some time. If he has it, we have it. Is that right? I've been raised together with him. I've been seated together with him. Is that right? Didn't get it for himself. He got it for us. And so as he is, so am I in this world. Now I'm saying that because sometimes people pull out this next verse from these, but they go together. This boldness is a complete absence of fear. Keep going. There is no fear in love. Now let's just stop right there. Let's just stop right there. We know faith works by love. How is it that there's no fear in love? How in the world could we have no fear in the day of judgment when all these things are happening? All the natural things that people have trusted in are going away. And though the earth is removed, 
Yet we have confidence. How? Because we have believed the love. We know that the one who made the planets loves us. We don't have to be afraid of disintegrating. We don't have to be afraid of being crushed into oblivion and nobody knowing or noticing. Because the one on the throne is my daddy. My father. He knows me. He knows my name. He knows who I am. My name's in the Lamb's book of life. And knowing and believing that love completely delivers me from fear of judgment and destruction. Oh, come on. Can you see that? He, he that fears is not made perfect in love. What does that mean? Not The word perfect doesn't mean flawless. It means complete or fully developed. I'd say it like this concerning this, fully convinced. Well, what do you mean? Well, he that fears has not fully developed in love. What love? The love that he has for us is the foundation of all of it. That's the love we love others with is the love he has given us. And if I am afraid, then I'm, let me back up a little bit. If I don't have to be afraid in the day of judgment, then I don't have to be afraid in the day of pandemic. I don't need to be foolish trying to show something to somebody else, but I don't have to dread. I, I don't have to be, for one thing, not afraid to die. Ready to die. Ready to go. And if you're ready to die, you're ready to live. Without fear, interfering with you living. And if I can have total boldness in the day of judgment. Do you know what we're talking about, saints? When, When the ungodly people are running into the caves and calling for the rocks to cover them up. And you and I are just, that's my daddy. That's my big papa. That's, he knows, you know me. <laughs> and we confessed him here on the earth. And he said, I'll confess, Jesus said, I'll confess you before the Father. Boldness, somebody say boldness, boldness in the day of judgment. You begin to see, well, man, if I can be fearless then, I can surely be fearless now. That's right. Amen. That's right. In the midst of this. Right? He said, there is no fear in love, but perfect love or fully developed love, complete love casts out fear. Cast it out means ejects it. Ejects it. Throws it out. This is how to get rid of fear. It is believing the love. Trusting the God who loves you. To take care of you. Now you need to do what he tells you to do. That's a part of it. But once you've done that. Can you trust him. To take care of you. No matter what happens. Or doesn't happen. 
Are you in the arms, are the everlasting arms under you and around you? Does the Lord keep you? Does he keep you? Keep you safe? Keep you secure? Keep you provided for? Yes. Somebody say, I trust the Lord my God. He is with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. I will not be afraid. See, that's the rest of that verse. That same verse I'm quoting. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid of what man could do. I will not be afraid. I refuse to fear. Why? Because the Lord is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. He's with me. Yeah, but see, that's not enough if you think he's indifferent. He's there, but he'll just watch you spiral down the drain and go, remember, I'm here. Sorry about your destruction, but I'm here. No, He's not just here. He cares about you. He loves you. He will deliver you. He has. He does. He will. Can you say amen? Amen. But our part again. Shut the door. Keep out the devil. (laughs) Right? Shut the door. Don't allow the fear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And trust and rest in the Lord. And you'll make it out of here. Hallelujah. You'll run your race. You'll finish your course. You won't have to die. With one of the devil's stinking diseases. Or some kind of stupid crime. Or accident. Or car wreck or something. Psalm 91 will come to pass in your life. The arrow that flies by day. Didn't get you. The, the plague, the pestilence didn't get you. And with long life, he satisfied you and showed you his salvation. And then you left when he and you got good and ready for you to go. And not, not a day before. Come on, can you see it? Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.